What's up, everyone? This is Nick Diaz with the newest edition of Roll the Dice. Live from Highland Park, Illinois, I'm here with my partners, Albert Caskell, Zach Hopmeyer, and Joey Glickman. Let's get rolling. 2020 NFL Draft happened last night, still occurring. Albert, man, what what are you feeling? How did you, how did you, what, what, what is your reaction? Tell us what you're thinking. Well, two, uh, there's two winners for sure. It's going to be the Bengals. They got themselves franchise quarterback and same with the Dolphins I think Tua is gonna have a great career I'm not really worried about his injuries also they got a great O-lineman in the middle of the draft I would say their most questionable pick is gonna be their uh, 30th pick they took a cornerback out of Auburn which I didn't really understand from the start they had the two highest paid cornerbacks in the NFL Xavier Howard and Byron Jones so that was that was very odd to me I would say it's a great trade by Tampa Bay to move up and get uh, Tristan Wirfs who was going I saw him going fourth in a lot of mock drafts, and they got him at, I think, 13. So that was a great move. Get uh, get Brady some protection. I'm going to say the dumbest pick of the night was Jerry Jones sitting on his $250 million yacht, picks C.D. Lamb. <laughs> it just makes no sense. You have Zeke. You're going to be able to run the ball. You have Dak, who they believe is a franchise QB. And then you have Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup. There's just no need for another wide receiver. He's going to be electric. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's the second best receiver in the draft, but I don't think that was the right pick for them. What do you guys think? Uh, I 100% agree with you, Albert, on that CD Lamb take. And uh, the big thing for me, though, is really noticing how deep this second round and third round draft is going to be tonight because of some really puzzling picks that were made in that first round. For example, with the fourth overall pick, we see the New York Giants drafting right tackle Andrew Thomas I get he's a consensus all-american out of Georgia but for me that pick just doesn't that doesn't stir stir anything up for me or any Giants fans around the country because realistically there were some big names left on that board Isaiah Simmons dropped a ridiculous amount and I didn't really see anything special in Andrew Thomas's film that really warranted anything and then another puzzling pick that I that I saw that really got to me was it the 31st overall pick when Jeff Gladney went out of TCU to admit to the Minnesota Vikings and for me I, I don't understand that pick at all considering the fact that they got some young corners over there and I really don't and I just think that Jeff Gladney was not rated to go in that first round I think it was a reach because they saw that they might not get him at their next pick so I'm just really confused I, I just didn't really like that pick and then my best pick of the night I 100% believe this is Chase Young at the second pick. I know everyone thinks, oh, he didn't really do anything in any of the big games. And then there's a split opinions talking about how he's still real, real dominant. And I think that anyone who thinks that he's going to be a bust or anything less than an elite player really isn't paying enough attention. Because if you look, the way that he plays, the fundamentals and the coaching that he had at Ohio State shows that he's going to be electric at the next level. What about you, Joe? Um, I mean, I totally disagree with Albert. I think to it, uh, I think to his pick. Miami's pick, getting Tua, was just a terrible pick. I think he's going to be a complete bust. He's been injured every single year he's been with Alabama. He, I don't think he's even a starting quarterback. I just don't think he has the potential to be a starting quarterback and be a higher-end quarterback in the NFL. But otherwise, I mean, these second and third rounds are so deep, probably argue, arguably best in NFL history deepest second and third rounders. I mean, KJ Hamler is one that stands out to me from Penn State. He's a great wide receiver. Um, Cole Komet, who's compared to Gronk, I think Bears could take him potentially. But, you know, otherwise, there's a lot of big 
prospects that are going to be studs in the second and third round. And, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. About that Dolphins pick, I think before the year, everybody in Miami was saying tank for Tua. It was the motto. I mean, they ended up winning five games. Realistically, weren't that bad of a football team. But I think you're forgetting how good Tua was before he got injured. This guy came in at halftime after Jalen Hurts was doing everything he could to lose on the championship game and basically willed them to a win through one of the best college football throws I've ever seen to win the game. He, I mean, he's electric. He, yes, he has the uh, injury aspect to him, but sometimes you got to take a shot on a guy like that. And I think it's the best thing Miami could have done. I think he's got a lot more upside than Justin Herbert, who I think is going to be good. I think he's a perfect fit in uh, Los Angeles. I think the Chargers have a bright future, but I, I don't see another pick that the uh, Dolphins could have made that would have matched or it would have been better than two other. I mean, uh, how bad how bad do you guys feel for Josh Rosen? I mean, he's been replaced so many times. He hasn't gotten any chances whatsoever. I mean, he's just getting replaced in Miami. Just get, he got replaced in Arizona. Like he got a chance in Arizona and he sucked. He's not. Yeah, he, he had one he's game. A, he had not, one game. He's not one, an NFL quarterback. I think he has a chance. I, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of feel bad for him. I, I had. I had David Johnson on my fantasy team, and I watched all their games, and the guy's a bum. That's just Yo, the end of the story. Yeah, I agree with you, Albert. And I think that another thing to talk about with this Miami pick getting back to that is the fact that we, we saw what Nick Saban spoke about, how they passed on Drew Brees, another incredible, just an absolute dart thrower, can put the ball anywhere he wants. And we saw that they passed on him because their doctors didn't clear. And I, don't, I, don't, I think Miami owner – Stephen Ross, I don't. I think he saw that they weren't going to let another talented quarterback go by a guy who can place the ball anywhere he wants. I think that this pick of Tua, I think that this is investing in a, in a tremendous player. And Joey, I have to dis- disagree with you adamantly talking about how you don't think he'll be an NFL quarterback when in reality he was going up against NFL talent every single week in the SEC, except for those non-conference games against Citadel, which no one cares about. Yeah, they, we're but, losing at halftime in that game. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. he. he He's been hurt every year. How could you rely on a guy who's been hurt every year in college football? The, uh, How can he compete against guys like in Chicago? I think we should talk Khalil a little Mack bit more about like what we think the Bears are going to do. Aaron Donald. Right? It's going to be tough every day in and day out. It's going to be terrible. You know, we're all we're all um, we're all football fans, and especially Chicago Bears fans. I mean, uh, Albert, how do you how do you think they're going to attack the draft? Like, what what are your opinions? Listen, the O line sucks. We couldn't protect Mitch. And we got to do that. I mean, I don't like Mitch at all. I don't believe in him. But we gotta, we gotta protect our quarterback. So I think we got one of these picks in the second round. We got to get an O lineman. And then, I mean, I like KJ Hamler a lot out of uh, Penn State too. I've seen him play a lot of games as a Michigan fan. But uh, I mean, with who we're looking at, I I'm not upset with any of the guys who are in strong contention for the Bears. I think, I think uh, Pace is going to get it done tonight for once in his career he better but, uh, but i feel like i say that every gone. time we have a pick and then we end up taking kevin white he doesn't joey can't joey, what field. do you think how, how are you feeling man yeah well i think i think they need to they need to draft an o-line too albert i agree with you but i think like i said earlier cole Komet, tight end from notre dame i think he's an absolute stud i think he's gonna fit in really well with this bears offense and i think it's just gonna Open up Mitch or Foles, whoever's going to start. I mean, I don't even know. But I think it's just going to open up the playbook much more. And I think if they get protection on the O-line, 
I think this could be a solid offense, top yeah. 16 offense, and who knows? I mean, who we'll knows? see. We'll, ha- we'll have to let the season play out, you know? Um, yeah. Zach Hotmeyer, what, what, what do you think, man? Well, for me, uh, I kind of looked at this from a different angle where I saw that some of the screw-ups in the first round last night really gave me some hope that whoever the Bears pick, as long as they don't go with some dumb pick, cough, cough, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, as long as they don't go with some dumb pick, we're really going to get who we want. And I think whether it's Christian Fulton, whether it's Javon Diggs, whether it's Grant Delpit, whether it's Xavier McKinney, who was supposed to go in the middle of the first round last night. I think that the Bears are real good, looking real good right now. I think that as long as they stick to their needs and their statistical fall off last year, I think that if they look at that, then they'll know exactly where to pick. I think you got to go O-line if Josh Jones out of University of Houston is still there, big mauler. And I also think that you got to go with the safety. It's absolutely paramount. You need an, You need another guy to put in that box considering the departure of Nick Kwiatkowski and uh, John Pierre-Louis. Oh, I forgot his real name, but hey, he's the French middle linebacker. Um, but I, I just think that the Bears need to address an issue on their defense, and then they can return to that elite status that they had in 2018. I just want to address this. If Pace fails his draft, he's gone for sure. Uh, there's, there's no way he's going to come back. He's failed too many drafts, and I, I think he's going to be gone. So. As much as um as much as we want to talk about the Chicago Bears, we're very for- fortunate to, fortunate to live in a city of great success with our with the Blackhawks, the Cubs, the Bears. A little a little time ago, uh, so lots of great franchises that we've been able to uh, um, be a part of. So I would like to start with the Blackhawks. You know, one of my favorite teams, one of my favorite sports to watch hockey. I think. I think the NHL is just one of the greatest leagues, the most consistently consistently having new winners of, you know, new teams and, and, and new players. And I, I think it's one of the most entertaining sports to watch, especially when you've got three cups and you've got one of the greatest Blackhawks teams of all time. Albert Caskell, I know you're a Hawks fan. What do you, how do you feel? And, I mean, that, and a Cubs fan. That 2010 team really was like the first sports team I've, ever fallen in love with it was just like it was it was a routine you go to school do your homework whatever it is like a two plus six addition table and then you uh you turn on the hawks game and you just watch the hawks play and i mean at the time they're winning like every game Mm -hmm. dominating Um, you got young guys at the time like kane's a young young kid now it's 10 years later he's still the best player on the team it's like it's crazy i uh i mean i went to a a lot more games then my love for hockey's fallen off a little. Just I feel like my passion for baseball's climbed and you know that happens. Fallen. But I'll always I'll always love the Hawks. I'll always love that team. The teams that won the cup three times. Yeah. I know. I mean Joey's a much bigger fan than me. Joey, you have anything to say? Um, I mean I I know exactly where I was for each cup. And yeah, I was watching the game. They aired it aired it on NBC a couple weeks ago. It was Game Six of 2015, I think, against Tampa, and I can name every guy on that team. And it's just it just brings back so many memories. But I think it's just sad that they've gone downhill so much. I mean, I've been to what I think ten games this year, and it's usually during that run. There every 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 seat was packed during warm ups during that run, and now. The hunter level isn't even filled, which is crazy to me. So, yeah, it's not I much think, of a mad, not much of a madhouse anymore. No, no, it's not. But 
sad house really i miss i miss i miss those times playoff hockey nothing like playoff hockey nothing so, nothing nothing I mean, like it best playoffs out of any sport i think but hoppy story. zach hotmeyer how do, how do you feel man yeah joey i 100 uh, percent agree with you on that and i also think that a big part of the blackhawks lore what made them so beloved in chicago is that they attracted they attracted the normal people in chicago because if you go you look at a bear game you look at a bear game and you look in the suites or if you look in a bulls game and you look anywhere, you see guys in suits, entertaining clients, things like that. Whereas a hockey game, you're getting the real people from the city. You're getting the blue collar workers. You're getting the people who really love just the grind of the sport. And I think that that was what made the Blackhawks so attractive is that their hard work and what they did. It wasn't just shared with the, the richest people in the area. It was shared with everyone. Everyone was a Blackhawks fan back then. Yeah, I'll never forget being at a Hawks game and just looking up to the 300 level and seeing just crazy fans going nuts, like yelling every five seconds and Tommy the Hawk just standing up and banging his drum. And it was just a whole other energy in the United Center that I haven't seen since. Like I've, Albert, I've gone to a Bulls playoff how would game. You, how would you compare that level of energy compared to a 2016 Cubs playoff game? I mean, listen, the United Center was give, awesome give and all. But... I was at NLCS uh, game one in 2016 where Montero hit the grand slam. And I mean, that's got to be the loudest environment I've ever been in. And I don't think I'll ever be in a louder one. I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. The guy's down two strikes. He's done nothing in the postseason. He's not a good hitter. It's like, it's, if you literally went through that lineup and wanted to pick the last guy up, you would pick Miguel Montero. He'd be your last choice comes up there, two strikes, it's a ball like 440 feet, grand slam, the game's essentially over, and it's just absolute pandemonium in Wrigley Field. Everyone's going nuts. It's like everyone's just jumping, so happy. It was just magical. It was it was the most magical thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole year, that whole year for the Cubs was just incredible. Every single game was just so exciting, and I'm as big as a fan as Albert. I mean, we've gone to many games. And I was at that game, one of the NLCS, too, with my grandpa. That was probably the best game I've ever been to. Well, other than David Bodie's Grand Slam. But Matera is probably number one. But anyways, that whole year was special. Every game was just so intense. And, you know, hopefully the Cubs will do it again this year. But I just yeah, miss those times, you know. When they I don't good. see that coming. The Southside White Sox are going to are going to be the new face of baseball for Chicago. Cubs time Cubs okay. time is over. I'm sorry. So. Like we'll, we'll see man. We'll see. You know, Zach Hotmeyer, big Bears fan, how would you compare the season the Bears had in 2018 compared to last season? Like well, what, what? I think I think what you saw, it's a good question, Nick. I think what what you saw in 2018 was a team that was playing free. They really didn't have any expectations. You got a new coach. You I mean, you really got you you really got nothing riding on this season, and you come in. You see Mitchell Trubisky; he's ascending. You think, hey, can he be? Can he really be a Pro Bowl quarterback? Can he even be a quarterback that's competent enough with this dominant defense? And I think you saw this because Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack coming over in that trade just before the season opener, that rejuvenated that city. And I think that I, it really rejuvenated Chicago in the way that that blue collar monsters of the midway, that that was back going just around, even in the suburbs where we are, it was lively. You knew it was going on. Everyone thought the Bears were back. They went 12 and four that year. And then 
I'm there. I was actually at that playoff game versus the Eagles. And next thing you know, ding, ding, ground, Cody Parkey, double doink. It was the saddest I've ever been in my life. And, uh, and then compared to last year's team, I think that we saw, I think the main difference is we saw a tremendous regression out of Mitchell Trubisky. We saw him afraid to use his legs when he needed to. I mean, I think he ran for over 50 yards in only one game last year. It was against the Dallas Cowboys where they won. And I, uh, I think that that was the main reason that defense can't do everything. I mean, I would be at games last year and I would feel more confident that points would be on the board when our defense was on the field than when the Bears offense was on the field. Albert, what do you think about that? I think, I'm going to say last year, Trubisky obviously underperformed, but I also think in 2018 he overperformed. I don't think he's as as good as he was that year, even though he really wasn't that crazy good. And I don't think he's as bad as he was last year. I think he's somewhere in the middle. And realistically, that's all we need him to be to make the playoffs. But if we really want to go anywhere, it's got to be it's got to be Nick Foles starting. I mean, I, I think he's yeah. a, little over, a little overrated. He got way too big of a contract. But he's won a Super Bowl. I mean, that Eagles team was loaded. I think they win it with Wentz, but it still takes a lot to beat the Patriots in a, uh, in a Super Bowl. It's not something that just comes easy. I think, I mean, the defense is going to be there. A lot of pressure is going to be taken off Khalil Mack this year with Robert Quinn. I think Khalil Mack's going to have a better year than last year. A lot more uh, space opened up. But, I mean, the defense is going to be great. We know that. It's, just, it's basically the offense. you got to build the O-line. I think if we get another block, good uh, tackle or a good guard, it should open up some bigger holes for Montgomery, who really... Didn't get much going last year, but I still think he's a great player. And, I mean, if we get a downfield passing attack in Nick Foles, I mean, who knows what could happen. We don't. We didn't really have any threat of throwing the ball past 10 feet last year. So, I mean, it's going to be a whole different story if Foles is starting, and I'm surprised. I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. Well, Albert, Albert, I just want to say real quick, I totally disagree. I still think Mitchell Trubisky has still one or two more years left to prove himself and what his potential is, because I'm sure Pace is going to give every every opportunity Mitchell Trubisky wants to start for the Bears this, this year and next year, because they're they're gonna they're gonna try to prove everyone wrong that Mitchell Trubisky picking second overall, which is obviously not gonna he's gonna be compared to Mahomes and Watson in his whole career, but they're gonna they're gonna show how he how what potential he has left I mean he still has a year left and who knows if they'll pick up his option I guess we'll find out Joey 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 you see that that statement about Mitchell Trubisky I just I can't get on board with that and I can't imagine that the people around Chicago these Bears fans can get can support that statement either I mean we're dealing with we have a defense a one a generational defense and we can't be sitting here saying oh he's got more years to prove himself we need a quarterback we just need a competent quarterback We're 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 okay with Trubisky being the worst in the division but he can't be the worst in the NFC and sadly I think he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFC last year but Joey, listen, competition you know, brings out the best in everyone. Competition brings the best out of everyone, and if Mitchell Trubisky him. proves himself, because Nick Foles is, he's Nick Foles is going to come in there and try to win the starting job. And but I think Mitchell it. Trubisky, you, but you don't know that, dude. I think Mitchell Trubisky can still prove himself in training camp and start the first game for the Bears. Joey, Mitch you can't know, even bear to be talked about on TV, and you think he's going to be able to lead a team to a play to the championship, let alone the playoffs in a, in the third biggest market in the country. Give me a break, Joey. Listen, I have a question. So, you know why we didn't have a pick last night in the first round? Yeah. Why? 
because we traded we traded for Khalil Mack. Yeah, we traded for Khalil Mack because we're trying to win now. We're not trying to win in three years. We're not trying to win in two years. We're okay, in the win now. Think, we're in the win I now phase. I think Trubisky could be the guy, though. I think he Trubisky could be, be the, the guy. guy. And you're still stuck in the phase where he could be the guy. But guess what? He can't be the guy. I've seen we've seen him play. He's fundamentally he's just not the guy. It's not. It, yes, he's in his head a lot, but he just doesn't make the throws. That's the reality of the situation. And I think as soon as the Bears move on, it's it's a good thing. He said flat. He's had he's had a ton of flashes though of success against the Buccaneers two years ago. Joey, the Cowboys Joey, this Mahomes, year. Mahomes has a flash every single week. Yeah, Watson Joey, has a flash every well, single week. He's going to be here's, compared to those two guys. I don't care. You can't. Here's the deal. Hold on. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Is that you? You just brought up that he went off against the te- the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was there. That Buccaneers team was absolutely horrendous. I think that when you're that the, the that if you're defending someone by saying, "Oh, he's good from time to time," that gives me no confidence in the fact that people are defending him by saying, including you, by saying, "Oh, he's good sometimes. He's good against teams that really have no business playing in the NFL." I mean, I, I don't understand how that's supposed to suffice in a football town like Chicago. As much guys, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting training camp for sure. Agreed. As much as I love comparing Foles to Trubisky, I would love to talk about Brady or Jordan. Who had the better dynasty, Albert? What do you think? Tell me, tell me what you're feeling. Listen, I'm a huge Tom Brady guy, Michigan fan. I mean, he's just. He's the greatest to ever play the, the game. And, I mean, a lot of people think Jordan is. I, uh, this is not going to be very popular, but I think LeBron's the best basketball player ever. But I, they're very hard to complain. I mean, compare or not complain. Um, it's just completely different sports. The competition's different. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's years that they should have won. There's years that they probably shouldn't have won, and they did win. Like the Patriots, they went undefeated one year, but they lost to your Giants hop in the Super Bowl. Congratulations. But not a Giants fan, but thank you. I thought you were. No, I'm his a dad, dad. His dad, dad, my, my dad from same, New York. So. It's the same thing. Um and I mean, Jordan's competition I would say is not as great as the competition Brady faced. But I I personally don't think you can really compare sports. Yeah, it's it's like, tough it's, to compare. It's kind of a I mean, you could say who's the best in each league, but but I mean, we're all wow. watching The Last Dance. I think everyone who's listening to this has watched The Last Dance, the first two episodes. I think and it was it's great. It's I kind of our generation's it. like it's the first chance we really get to see like how great MJ really was. I mean, no yeah. one really yeah. had a clue. Going, I we've mean, all we, seen we, highlights. We, we've all seen his yeah. his shot fakes, his his clutch shots. But I mean, the inside look it it shows you off the court how great he was too in the locker room and how he really just commanded that team from a start his rookie year. It's just. You learn a lot more, and I'm excited in the future. They're already saying there, uh, there's going to be a Kobe Bryant documentary coming out in a couple of years because they recorded this last year. And, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a LeBron one in the future. And I think yeah. it's a really cool thing that they're doing on ESPN. Glad they pushed it up. And uh, it's, the first, it's the first time in a long time where our country's all really tuned into something at the same time. It's like everyone's sole focus on Sunday nights now. It's just watching yeah. my – Well, I, I just want to – I mean, I'm not taking credit away from – Michael Jordan, but what Brady has done every single year, year in, year out, I just feel like he's he's been dominating for two decades, and Michael Jordan only dominated for a decade and a half, and I just feel like Brady, Brady needs to get more credit than Jordan because, well, he didn't win more championships, but I feel like 
Brady has made the playoffs pretty much every single season he's been a starting quarterback. And they both had great coaches, Bel and Belichick and Phil Jackson, but I don't know. I feel like Brady has been more dominant. And about the Michael Jordan documentary, I was so intrigued. I didn't want to put it down. I could have watched all ten episodes that one night. Hundred percent agree. It was just it was just amazing to see what Michael his determination what Jordan went through and how good he was, how talented he was and how everyone realized that it people people realized that it was a one man show, but also Pippin and Rodman helped helped in mostly, but I just feel like we never really experienced this and our parents have and our grandparents have, but we've never yeah, really it's, experienced it's, it's it. It's something what he we, we've never Yeah. Hoppy, what do you think? Um, well, I think, as Nick, you said earlier, I think it's really hard to compare dynasties of different sports. So I think that the way to do it is you have to look as what is which one is harder to replicate within its own arena. And I think, in, in my opinion, I think that I think that what Tom Brady did, I mean, I'm Chicago kid born and raised. I love Michael. I mean, just watching Michael Jordan's highlights. I mean, I was born right after he had left. And I think that it was that everyone. I mean, I just think that what Michael Jordan did, it obviously can't be ignored, but Tom Brady fo football is not meant to have a dynasty. Fo that, it's not the way that it's built. It's not the way that the games work. For example, in football, you're only playing one game. Whereas for example, we know in this past year's playoffs, the Titans beat the Ravens. The Ravens were clearly a better team. We saw that all season long, but the Titans had a better night. And I think that that shows how how much harder it is to be so great in football. I think that Tom Brady's dynasty, I think it's just a little bit more impressive because of the fact that he did it. He, he did it in two different eras of football. And whereas I think that Michael Jordan, yes, it was impressive. He probably would have won every a championship every year of the 90s if he didn't retire and go play baseball. I just think that football is not meant to have a dynasty, whereas it's easier in basketball. We've seen it that Celtics want to let Bill Russell has 11 rings. That's unheard of in anything. And I think that I think that that's really a crucial thing to think about is that what's harder to do in your field. And I think that it's harder in football to win year after year after year than I it totally is in basketball. I just want to say one last thing. When I was watching the uh, the Last Dance on Sunday, my dad's just not a big sports fan at all. Um, I've got I'm more into sports in my I've been more into sports in my 17 years of life than he will ever be in his entire life. But he literally turned to me mid-show and just goes, "I'm sorry, I couldn't have had you 20 years earlier." Like we talked about it earlier, how magical our childhood was with the Hawks, Cubs World Series. But I mean, no, we will no never. No one's done with that. No one's done what he's we, done. We will never experience something. Yeah, as we'll cool never see as it again. what our parents saw in Michael Jordan. Like my dad just doesn't care about sports, but he st he still said he would go to games and it's like it was the coolest thing ever. Like MJ was just unreal. And I mean we see greatness in LeBron, but it's just different when it's in your hometown. It would have been awesome if we could have experienced that, but yeah. You know, well, we didn't have a bad yeah. childhood for sports, so we can't complain. No, no well, we didn't. You know, that's that's all from us here today at Roll the Dice. We hope everyone's staying safe. And we want to thank everyone for tuning into this week's episode. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.